0: We'll read again from Genesis 13, chapter 12, verse 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent. Sodom. Hearing Brother Dave's announcements, I don't know what you're going to hear from Brother Carver on Tuesday, but it might be very similar. Raise your hand in your heart if you've ever made a choice or a decision that you've regretted later. I'm pretty sure every hand went up in their heart. I'm told that we make on average around 33,000 decisions or choices every day. That's a lot. Some of them consequential, some of them not so much. Obviously with 33,000, most of them aren't. But some of them do have consequences. I remember shortly out of high school, wanting to buy a car and right down here on 82nd, one caught my eye. It was white, it was sporty, it was a two-seater, it was a Triumph TR7 and it looked good. It was in my price range and my first sign that I should have ran was when the dealer had a very hard time starting it. But I was relieved when he finally got it going. My second sign that I should have fleed was when it gave an occasional backfire and it missed on the test drive. But it looked good. It looked really good and I thought I looked good in it. So, it looked so good that I didn't even try to negotiate the price. After a few as-is papers were signed and some money exchanged, it was mine. I would like to stand here today and say that slowly but surely the reality of my poor choice sank in, but it wasn't slowly. It was hard to start every morning and uh, the backfires and misses didn't go away after it was mine. It wasn't very long that it wouldn't start at all and for the couple years that I kept it, it sat just parked out in front of the house. When I reflect back on my choice I asked myself this question: Why? How could I have ignored so many of those signs that were there? Well, we pick up uh, this account: Abram and Lot were both prospering. They they had well. We see so much, um, so many cattle that there wasn't enough for them all to eat. The the land. It really wasn't big enough for both of them and their herds, and their herdsmen, uh, both wanting to please their master, decided that we're going to take the best grass, and they began to bicker. Abraham, or Abram seeing this, uh, didn't like what he was seeing, and so he told Lot, let there be no strife between us. We're brothers. We don't uh, need to be uh, bickering about these things. He says, I pray thee, let's, let's get this settled. And Lot was even given first choice by Abram. He says, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And the other way around, if you choose to be. He says, you choose, Lot. And so Lot, being offered uh, that opportunity, it says he lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan. The Bible says it was well watered. It looked good to the eye. There was just something there. Why it looked just beautiful. It was green. And if you're a farmer or raising livestock like they were, why that was just what you wanted. Financially, it was, it was wonderful. But it goes on just a verse later to say, that the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. This was known, and Lot knew that. You wonder if there wasn't a little something down inside his heart that was saying, warning, there's a backfire, there's a miss. Maybe you should run from this. But look how green it is. Look how shiny that looks. Verse 11, he says, Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan. He chose that that looked really good to his eye. And more than that, verse 12 says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He knew the condition already. But I wonder if he thought to himself, I won't let that affect me. I can stay in control of the situation. So he made the choice, I'm just going to uh, go over this way, I'm going to go towards Sodom and I'm going to pitch my tent that way. We contrast that with the children of Israel in the wilderness when Moses was leading them. They pitched their tents the tabernacle of the congregation God had let them know how they were to camp and, and God was very specific about that by tribe and they circled the tabernacle and so each tribe as you imagine the tabernacle right there in the middle and all the tribes around it with their tents pitched towards that Tabernacle, so that the first thing that they saw when they walked out of their tent door in the morning was the pillar of smoke. If they got up in the middle of the night and walked out of their tent, the first thing they saw was the pillar of fire. There it was. In Exodus 33, 10, it tells us that all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and the people rose up and worship every man in his tent door. When they looked out from their dwelling place, the first thing they saw was God's leading. Amen. How do you want to pitch your tent? You know, I want to see the Lord. When I, when I look out of my spiritual tent, when I, I want to cast my eye towards the Lord. I want to see His leading in my life. Don't you? That's what Lot saw. Not, that's not what Lot saw. Little by little, Lot kept getting his tent closer to Sodom till finally he wasn't living where he wanted to live. We read in 2 Peter 2.8, that he was vexed by their filthy conversation and their unlawful deeds. Sodom grieved Lot. And there in 2 Peter, it calls him just Lot. He loved the Lord. But those things of the world were just kind of somehow, and they have a way of doing that, grabbing hold of you and pulling you in, and they were doing that to Lot. Probably all the while, while he's thinking, I'm still in control. I've got this. However, there did come a time when he realized, I am not in control. And I don't know how to get it back. The Lord knows how flee from there, uh, leave that situation, and come back, pitch your tent back towards him. But sin has a way of pulling you in a direction that you don't even want to go, if we're not careful. Many of you know know that I'm a commercial fisherman. And just last uh, Monday and Tuesday night, we were sleeping out on the boat on the ocean and it really does save a lot of hours traveling in and out if you just go out and uh, you you drift. Imagine that you're on the ocean just drifting, and um, you run from where we fish. Is by the way, is between two freighter lanes, and we stay between those, in going and outgoing. There's a safety zone that they're not supposed to enter, and so when the day is over, we can run a couple hours and uh, get away from those freighter zones. And uh, I I remember doing just what we did the other night, a year ago, and I woke up, probably, you wake up a lot, by the way, Uh, I woke up probably around 2 or 3 in the morning, and I looked around, and you could see the lights of a freighter about a half a mile away. And you know that, you might think, oh, he's a half a mile away, but when you're out there on the water and that thing's all lit up, he looks like he's right on top of you. And mind you, this, we ran about eight miles from the freighter lane. And so now we had drifted to within a half mile of it. It gets old of you. And I thought about that. How could we have drifted eight miles? Slowly and steadily, just slowly and steadily, we had drifted from where we felt we were safe and unknowingly drifted to where we weren't saved. That's just what can happen if we're not careful. And I'm sure this is what happened to just Lot. It takes you where you don't want to go. He looked and saw those well-watered plains of Jordan and thought, I can handle Sodom. Sodom. I know right from wrong, and I'm sure he did. And I can just filter out the bad, keep the good. I'm in control. But because of his choices and his decisions, somewhere along the line, that control just slipped away a little at a time, a little at a time. To the point where he was no longer in charge of even his own decisions it was all said and done he probably wondered how did this happen how how could this have possibly gotten to this point the answer is just like the way we drifted on the ocean a little at a time just just a little at a time i'll put priorities here i'll I'll make Other things my priority. And yes, I still keep the Lord way up here, but a little at a time, these other things just kind of catch up. Little compromises, tiny compromises maybe even. It looked green. It looked good. I'm strong. I can handle it. You ever feel that way? We will all look around and see good things. Things that look good to us catch our eye. The Lord is faithful to give us those warning signs right along with it. He, he's right there. I like what it says in Isaiah. You, you'll hear that voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When, when you're, the Lord is with you, He is faithful to give you those warning signs. Thank Him for that. And when He does, consider Oh, just say, Lord, Lord, I, I want you in my life. I want to consider what the latter end would be if I make these choices. I've often wondered what he thought of his choices when his wife turned to a pillar of salt. Because though she left Sodom, her heart was still there, and she looked back. I bet those well-watered plains of Jordan didn't look so green anymore. And he was able uh, to see at the same time what was happening in Uncle Abram's life. Oh, how the Lord was giving him great promises. He was telling Abraham, I'm going to give you a son, Isaac. I'm going to make your seed as the stars. I'm going to give you land. Oh, what what he chose over a little green grass is really what he wanted from the Lord. And as he made, Abraham made sacrifices unto the Lord God. It says, when it was dark, God sent a smoking furnace and a burning lamp between the pieces. As he accepted that sacrifice, can you just picture that in your mind's eye? He's got that uh, sacrifice laid out there, those animal parts on the altar, and the Lord comes through with that burning lamp. Amen. The Lord was there to answer his prayer, and he made a covenant with him. You see, we can make good choices. We can make good choices all through our life. And it's really not difficult to tell if the choices are good or bad. Not at all. Do you want the Lord to work for you? He will. He'll send that voice. This is the way. You'll hear that voice behind you who says, This is the way. Walk ye in it. Let that voice be your guide. Warning. Warning. There's danger ahead. Or go this way. This is the way that I would have you go. You can ignore it and leave it to chance and hope somehow that everything will just come out okay, just like Lot did. I'm sure he thought everything will be just fine. But his whole life became entangled in Sodom. So much to the point where even when he knew of God's judgment on the place, it says that he lingered there. It was hard to leave. He had attachments. Just lot. Man, that the Bible called just. There he had attachments. These things in his life from his choices were holding him to a place he didn't want to be, a wicked city. Yet he could have had every single uh, blessing that Abram had received. Do your choices matter? They do. We can see the comparisons here. I don't know about you. But I need all of the Lord's help that I can get. And I want all the Lord's help that I can get. He has my best interest in mind. He has your best interest in mind. And I want to do my best, Him helping me to nurture an environment where He can do just that. I need His blessing. There again, raise your hand in your heart. Do you want his blessing? I'm sure every hand went up again. First things first if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, start right there. Ask him to forgive your sins, ask him to come into your heart. It is a choice you will never regret. I wish there was a way we could somehow explain it the way we feel it, the way we felt it when we got saved. The peace and love of God uh, came into my soul and flooded it. I wish I could share that with you somehow. Best I can do is tell you, but you can experience it for yourself. Just try it. The Lord will just come in and flood you. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness and he'll write your name in the book of life. What a blessing. Oh, and your book's there. You're going to heaven if your name's in that book. And then don't stop there. Continue to seek the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I want more of you. I-, I want to pitch my tent towards you and say, Lord, I, I want to be sanctified holy. Lord will sanctify you. He prayed for you to be sanctified. He wants you to be sanctified. And then press on from there after your baptism. Don't think oh, that's good enough. The Lord's been so good to me. No, He has more for you. He wants to baptize you with His precious Holy Spirit. He wants to give you all of the blessings that He gave to Abram. God is faithful. Choose to seek Him right now. Pitch your spiritual tent towards the Lord. He wants to make a covenant with you, and He will. He wants to bless your life. He wants you to live victoriously in Him. He wants to guide your life, your whole direction. He can change you this morning. Matthew 6:33 says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You make that choice to come to the Lord and give your life fully over to him, and let him guide it the way that he sees fit. Seek him first. Oh it says there uh, seek his righteousness. All the other things will just take care of themselves. All those other things, you're following the Lord, you keep your eyes on Him, everything else will take care of itself. But decide this morning, who will you serve? Everything else will be right there. God will hear your prayer. He will answer your prayer. He has you on His mind and he cares for you, will you choose to follow him this morning? 591 is our song, but go to prayer and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm going to choose to follow you, and you will find him very faithful, just like Abram did. God bless you as we pray.